come on, like what a uh, denomination it were was you? Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Love your shoes. They're super you. cute. I just called bullshit. On we uh. <laughs> we're ready. We're rolling. Cool. Sweet. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Get my notes. I'm already breaking two of Neve's rolls. I have my phone out and my shoes off. I'm ready. And my feet up in the chair. Ready for why I had to sign this liability waiver. <laughs> yeah. Give it to me. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, hey, Alice. Fancy seeing you here. Welcome back. You come at a momentous time. We have Anastasia Elliott and Derek Jones joining us. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Uh, you can check Anastasia Elliott at March 23rd at the East Room. Uh, who else is on that one? This amazing artist named Maine. She's from Australia, and she's coming over here from nice. Australia. And, um, Athena. Athena. She's a local Nashville yes. artist who will be playing her first show. And her very first show. She's very cool. Our nice. friends in the band Moonlight Drowns. Oh, yeah. I know Chris. Yeah. And, uh, I love Chris. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun night. I um I told him we were he he co-hosts this sometimes really? I told him we were do he was no we were way. doing this, and he was like fuck, I hate that I'm missing that oh, he's like let me know how it goes oh, but that's awesome. yeah, yeah I, we do like a uh, say what he's involved in everything yeah man, um, but um yeah we do kind of like a rotating cast mm -hmm. here so like that's I'll have awesome. just different people pop in and out that's cool, um so how long have you guys been performing? Oh man, um. I've been performing, I think, my whole life, but this particular album cycle since right before COVID was our first tour, and then that obviously shut us down for a bit, and then this past year we played a lot in Nashville, and now we're working our way back out, so, nice. my whole life, performing, yes. Um, by the time, the, it, it hasn't happened yet, but by the time this goes up, Bones will be out. Yes, she will. Um, so that, that's exciting. been working on uh, song and video, which is dope. I guess all of that's finished at this point. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. This album has been in the works for a very long time, so we're excited for finally making our way into the world. But Bones um, is the fifth single off this record. Gotcha. The full project will be out in May. Um, what did... What kind of music were you, like, subjected to as a kid? We listened to a lot of the powerful 80s females, and, like, Annie Lennox and Pat Benatar and Taylor Dane. And I loved all of the vocalists that were strong and you know, Kate Bush, the ones that yeah. were very eccentric and still, like, that was what was mainstream at the time. And, you know, of course, like, David Bowie and the Talking Heads and... John Queen, that was just, like the theatrical artists. So your parents had good music. Yes. Yeah, I think sometimes that's... country. I remember a lot of country music, but that didn't stick. Did your parents have good music in the house? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, my mother was super religious and wouldn't let us listen to secular music. So I would sneak a Walkman at night and listen to like oldies radio. And became obsessed with, like, Elvis and, like, you know, B.B. King. Tell like, me about your first CD you bought. 
uh, Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, but like, yes, but when I was a child and not knowing anything, I would buy things based on their album covers, CD covers, and I, my dad was like way more lenient, and he listened to like a lot of like stuff that she's talking about, like Eurythmics and you know Pat Benatar or those kind of things. So I went to the album store and bought Mariah Carey. But it was more because of the album cover, and I really had no knowledge of music beyond the small little bubble that I was put in at first. Mm-hmm. So, like, I bought that album, and I loved her voice and everything, but, like, as time went on, like, I mean, I'm a, a music obsessive. I listen to music, like, I breathe, you know I, what I mean? I was lucky to have, my parents have a very awesome musical bubble, because I don't think I even knew about, like, myself being able to discover music until, like well into like my high school years because I just listened to whatever was happening in the house but I mean I guess around like middle school I fell in love with like Evanescence and um what was her name Michelle Branch I definitely had Michelle Branch Michelle Branch and the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Britney they definitely were in my my childhood yeah I yeah yeah My Chemical Romance Mm mm-hmm um, I loved Green Day too. Green Day. Green Day. My whole, um, yeah. my whole doors. I had two double door closet <laughs> doors that were just all Billy Joel Armstrong's face. <laughs> nice. I was really. This one's like kind of hard to admit, but like Good Charlotte was a really mm-hmm. big one. I loved Good Charlotte. I probably if you played one of their songs. I probably would remember all the words. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, if you okay, so th- I know this is like a complete segue fastball but like if you had can you can you define magic it's a big question it's a question i want to give you a good answer to Mm. i think that magic is anything that stirs a level of wonderment and surprise in you hmm so magic is things we consider magical I think are things that are unexpected or unexplained or they may not always even be magic like if you think about what people considered magical like way back in the day like witches and stuff like a lot of the times it was just herbalism and you know things that now are more normal to us or you know unexplained scientific things I think it's just something that takes us out of our everyday mundane existence and makes us makes our brain expand in some Mm. way or surprises us so what it 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 sounds to me like you're it's kind of like in the eye of the beholder almost Mm -hmm. so it's like if if you have some kind of reaction to like a place or a person or an event it's like that that relationship between that thing and you is is magical mm-hmm. but like let's say that someone else has watches the same thing and doesn't have that so that is that kind yeah, of absolutely. it's in the connection there I, yeah. I absolutely i think it's the connection and personal idea about like kind of magic it may probably goes against your ideas that you've already got about something like it, mm. it's something that like going to change you in some way like I'm obsessed with magic like actual like magic tricks and stuff mm-hmm. like I don't want to know how any of it works because but I love meeting magi- magicians I love going to magic clubs I love watching magic like shows of hand? all of it yeah. anything magical I freaking love it 
and I'm now friends with a lot of magicians, like very talented ones, and I'm like, never tell me how you do a trick. Like I interviewed two mentalists, they're the top mentalists duo in the world, and they're, they were fascinating, and they, they pull off things that like, I can't even imagine. And to them, like, it's a trick. It's not magic, but to me, it's like, it makes me feel like a kid again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good, that's actually a really good example. So to them, that's not magic, mm-hmm. but that's what, <clears throat> to you, it's magic. So but to them, watching, you know, a musical performance of somebody who can do something absolutely insane, like, that may be their version of magic. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, what you do is definitely magic, for Thank sure. Thank you. Um, it, where do you think art comes from? I think... You've got great questions. I'm just going to fist bump you right there. Way to have a good interview prepared. Um, I think art is our desire to express ourselves. Again, I think it's kind of like connection. The co- yeah. It's the connection and our, how we are able to like take all of the mess that's in here and show that to the world. But like, so- there's plenty of things that you could look at and probably not think is very cool art that I could look at and think was some of the coolest shit ever made so um that starts with like there's something going on in you and that's like Mm -hmm. you kind of like explaining to other people what that's like art is magic and they go hand in hand and they probably come from a very similar place i like to bring those things up together because it turns out they're it's like oh wait they're the same thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah um art is so many things i mean art is healing and it's um healing it's expressive it it can take you on your own journey in my case like like I was talking to him about earlier for me sometimes art manifests things in my life like it's for me it can be like a manifestation tool whether I like that or not whether that's Mm. positive or not oh yeah and the negative as well yeah for sure it's like yep yeah yep I think it's kind of like um when I was a kid and my mom was talking about drugs but I think it applies to magic too. Um, she's talking. Art drugs magic. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> aren't drugs right? a vehicle to yeah. magic? Yes. So more and magic. art. Lots of art. So and more art. Boundaries. Yeah. Like being dissolved in your mind. It's access to magic. Yeah. She she was describing it like um, if your dad has like power tools locked in his uh, like in in a shed somewhere, and it's like like if you get a hold of that as a kid. And you have a flamethrower, it's like, you can do a lot of things with that, but you could also really hurt yourself or cause damage to something. And it's like, I, I like I like that as uh, magic and psychedelics and other drugs are kind of like that, where it's like, you can do things with this, mm-hmm. but unless you, like are studied on it and know what you're doing, then it's like you really hurt yourself. Yeah. And it's like that's why it's kind of on a top <laughs> shelf where you can't reach it. Yeah. Great yeah. Comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man shit. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, I. to me it's like, I don't really know um, what that is exactly like where it comes from like whether that starts with me or it starts somewhere else I think it starts somewhere else mm. I think anytime I'm creating I'm not always thinking about what it's going to be in the end it feels more like a channeling a 
think of even when writing a song, like sometimes when you're coming up with melodies and then there'll be like gibberish words in there and it almost feels like Michelangelo said about, you know, the sculpture's already in the marble and he's just polishing it and mm. finding it in the marble. I, I love think that. Songwriting for me is similar. Like I go with what I'm feeling. It's not always like, oh, I have this title and I want to write this song. Like it's never that way for me. It's just listening to the music and singing whatever melodies come to me and then finding its meaning in whatever it's trying to show me. I think sometimes when we think art comes from our brains first, it blocks the flow of what we could receive mm. instead. So it's very like intuitive in the moment kind yeah. of process for you. Yeah. Like even like and when I allow it to be that, it flows a lot easier. Like um, when I write music I also am thinking of all the visuals that are gonna accompany it and like when I I'm writing melodies. Visuals sometimes come to me before lyrics even do, and that to me it's world building. Like that's how I approach making all of my art. It's building worlds. When uh, who who did you say was saying that about the sculptor sculpture? Michelangelo. Michelangelo. I really like that. It reminds me of uh, something Lewis Carroll said, uh, the Alice in Wonderland guy, um, that if you take care of the sound, then the meaning takes care of it takes care of mm -hmm. itself. And he meant that, like, about poetry, I guess, or about songwriting, too, really. Um, basically, like, if it sounds good, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, there's yeah, a lot I of truth in that. that. I mean, I was classically trained as a pianist and opera singer, and when I started writing, I chose to abandon a lot of my knowledge about theory and what is correct. And even though I maybe can communicate on less technical terms now than I could many years ago, taking away that kind of like this is what's right this is the chords that like you know should be in this kind of boundary like it made me go and explore different places yeah like i may have the knowledge of the instrument which is never going to leave but the correct stuff can now that dissolve. now that you know the rules you can appropriately break them mm -hmm. that's something that um i've heard um like said to me before it's like uh I, I do poetry in a very, I don't follow stanzas or any, like, uh, formula. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I never studied poetry. Um, and I don't care to. Because mm -hmm. a lot of poetry is really dry and boring to me, and I just don't care. And it's like, uh, but I, I, there's an argument to be made that it's like, before you can break the rules, you gotta know what they are maybe yeah or maybe not or maybe not it depends on the thing maybe or how proficient you want to be at the thing like um a few weeks ago i really wanted to build a throne i've never woodworked in my life and i built a fucking epic throne nice <laughs> and now i know how to woodwork that's fucking awesome and i think that that's like maybe not i'm not gonna make like the most sturdy table in the world but why would i want to but i could build you a throne <laughs> i mean i think that we are only as limited as we choose to be, and if you want to fucking write poetry without stanzas, who the hell is yeah. to tell you you can't? Thank you. I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I'm sure you benefit a lot. Either I hate writing things that rhyme, and like yeah. when I'm journaling and I'm just writing things that come out of me, they're more like just stories that sound like they have beautiful cadence in my head when I speak them. Yeah, I think I think a lot of poetry is really boring, honestly. Like. Uh, fucking um like Poe's okay but like 
<laughs> but like, uh, like Hemingway, it's like, or uh, I'm trying, I'm struggling did, to even. Did Hemingway do poetry? I mean, he was he did short stories, but he did some poet. There's a lot of poetry in there, right? Uh, maybe th- let me think of like a more American poet, like actually. Who's your favorite? What guy's books are given the poet? Oh, um, Ian. Something. Thompson. Yes. Thompson. Ian Thompson. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure he would necessarily like it, it in the sense that, like, he's not my all-time, like, oh. favorite poet. I mean, I like his, like, he's, like, short and to the point, kind of, but, you know, like, you know, like, James Joyce and, like, Langston Hughes, people like that, that, like, I think back in those days when they were writing, poetry was more of a, like, a different type of expression as it is now you know what I mean like you had words you would go to like places like Mark Twain even where he would give speeches and give his like poetry to large groups of people and the intent was to like captivate captivate them with words because they didn't have the chance to like show them visuals where we live in a visual society now where people like watch 30 second videos on TikTok of like crazy stuff yeah but they're not so much captivated by like you know the sound of somebody's voice inflection and you know what I mean it's very era based yeah Yeah. that makes sense like it's that yeah my attention span is not I don't have the attention span for like really for something like that where you really really gotta think about it a long time like Ian Thomas to me like he'll hit one of his poems is like you know I, I love you like the ocean and I'm okay with drowning do you know what I mean? In the sense of, like, you know, I'm letting you consume me completely, like, and I love you like the ocean because you're vast and huge and stuff. But, like, his stuff is, like, very short and to the point. I like in that. Sense, you know what I mean? Like, those yeah. kind of things where it's, like, he can get you with a couple of sentences and it's not so much, like, drawn out over, like, you know. Like, that's my, see, that's what I don't like is where yeah. it just takes forever. And it's, like, I, I'm an Aries and I'm very, uh, like, to the point. I'm an Aries rising. Really? So What's what's your sun sign? Pisces. Okay. Scorpio moon. Gotcha. Um, Aries Libra Libra. Nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, but like the way I write is very reflective of my personality. Where I'm like I'm very to the point. Mm-hmm. I'm uh like I don't try to waste. Like anyone who's like reading what I'm doing, it's like I'm not trying to waste your time. It's like very mm-hmm. to the point kind of stuff, in storytelling and in poetry. Yeah. Um, but I like I like the example you just gave me. Like it's very quick. Yeah. And like hits you also. Yeah. It's like you know, like in the have you ever seen like Monty Python and the Holy Grail? <sighs> where like you know where the God's like get on with it. Sometimes I feel like that listening to people, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in the poetry sense or whatever. It's like, like you know, like okay, like how do I love thee? Let me count the ways, and they literally go through like a thousand different things, and you're like, oh my God, get on with it, please. Yeah. Where I'm not saying like I I have an instant gratification mind because I can listen to like a 15 minute Opeth song and just love the way it moves and it feels like a symphony to me of like metal and stuff. But like sometimes you know I just like just want to like get that emotion like quick. You know. What are you listening to right now? <laughs> not not like right now, but like a whole ton of Viagra Boys. I'm obsessed with them. Um, they were so good. I don't know if you were from. Are they yeah. hard? I no. <laughs> said, are they hard? No. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, oh, I, my God. I, uh, 
<laughs> I've heard of Sagarud too, yeah. Yeah, I They're love cool. them so much. Uh, I've listened to them a lot lately. Um, you know, like a whole like weird variety of random stuff. I listen to this band called Bodega a lot. Um, Derek consumes more music than anyone I've ever known. The playlists mm-hmm. are so long, and he probably listens to a hundred different artists a day. Damn, it's lots of music. He's the ultimate yeah. music discovery. Gotcha. I never listened to music much before him. I'm not really the biggest consumer, and then he came into my life and started making me playlists and introducing me to all kinds of cool stuff. And I listen to so much more music because of him. Yeah. What have you been listening to now? I usually don't even know because I just put the playlists <laughs> on and I love them. But I don't. Um, I'm definitely in a bit of a Radiohead phase. I really love Radiohead. Yeah. I love music that's very calming and chill because I think my brain is very hyper all the time for creating things and music's always in my head. So I like listening to things that kind of like chill me out. Yeah, that's a. It's a very vibey music you guys make yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, even like putting on like meditation music. Mm. That's the things that I gravitate towards. Yeah. But I also, like, there's a lot of things that I love. It's, what do I love? I can't even think of it. Idols. I love Idols. I love Idols a lot. Yeah. I mean, we list, like, it, it music for me represents, like, exactly. such a spectrum That's of emotions. So, so some days I could be, like, really angry and want to listen to, like, metal. Other days I'm, like, I just need to relax. So I listen always to know how his mood is based on the music he's listening to. The second I hear metal, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know? It's, like, it's a way to, like, get an emotion out of you or kind of, like, calm it. Even though yeah. I'm, like, if I'm aggressive feeling and listening to metal, it's not because I want to increase my aggression. It just feels like... I'm just like exercising the demons in a sense. Mm. So yeah, I, like, oh, no. I, I can totally relate. It's like, I do what I do because I have to, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if anyone sees it or enjoys it. Yeah. It's like that, that's an exorcism. Yeah, yeah. Like Black Angels, they're an awesome band. Yeah, we love. love like I love them because they can go like harder at moments, but like I just love the psychedelic elements of it all, where it feels like my brain is just kind of floating along in some like. I was a really big fan of Passover. That's a good album. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. And you know, we've seen them a bunch of times, and you know, like I don't know, I kind of like with Viagra Boys. It's like their music is goofy. Like their lyrics are kind of like you know they sing about like a lot of random stuff in it, and at the base. Of it all, you just kind of like okay, so it's not like these deep, thought-provoking lyrics. It's like goofy Fun. shit, but it's like they just rock, and they're so awesome to see live. And I don't know, I just feel so good when I listen to them. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I think when I'm in like heavy writing phases, like writing a lot of music, I listen to less music. So it kind of yeah, it just depends on what's happening. That makes sense. Yeah, you know what your voice is at that point. It's like less clouded. Some musicians say that they don't like listening to a lot of stuff while they're writing just because they don't want to, like, have it inadvertently influenced. Yes. It can accidentally be on, like, if I'm listening to a lot of, like, Coldplay, I may, like, be drawn to use more, like, synths and, like, just because that's what's in my head. Mm. So I prefer to not have anything in there and just be more clear. Yeah. It's, like, no influences. It's, like, truer to yourself. Yeah, yeah, not really the person when people ask for influences or what influences record or what influences your sound. I'm always <laughs> like, I don't freaking know because I don't, I 
purposely try not to think about that at all and I don't try to take from other, yeah. other things I just sit with it with myself and figure out what needs to be expressed my, my, it's like my influence is me my inner voice yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um besides music have you guys taken in any media that's been good recently we really love shows <laughs> we um we just finished part one of you Okay, yeah, I've seen a little bit of that. And uh, we finished Lock and Key. We just watched that show. That oh, was really, yeah. Really fun. I like that one. That was good. And His Dark Materials. Oh, His Dark Materials. Oh, yeah. Excellent. I haven't seen the show, but I've read all those books. Watch it. It's great. It's great, yeah. Yeah, we love we loved getting into shows and movies. Like, we love visual media, too. I am really, really, really excited about the Barbie movie. Me, too. And I'm like. I haven't been this excited (laughs) about a movie in a long time. I'm excited about the Barbie movie. Yeah, it it looks really good. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I don't even I don't don't know what it's gonna be about exactly, and I don't really care. (laughs) The trailer was enough. Time they made one. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's gonna be like kind of like Lego Movie. Mm -hmm. You can see that. Mm -hmm. Or it's or it's like it's a kid movie, but it's just like really really good. Mm -hmm. You know. I just uh, saw a movie. What's that movie called? The Tom Hanks movie I just saw. A man called, a man called Otto. Or Otto. Oh my gosh, I cried the whole movie. It was like one slow tear that continually <laughs> fell the whole movie. But it was. It's hard to make me cry in a movie, but it was like it was excellent. The storytelling was amazing. The acting was amazing. It was like both feel good and horribly sad. Like I left that theater just completely speechless, and like I just need to go. And get in bed. It's a Tom Hanks? Yeah. Hmm. That was a great movie. Kind of an unexpected thing I saw. Hmm. I feel like there was something else I watched recently that was really good. And it's escaping me now. I'll, I'll probably remember in a minute. Do you guys have any ghost stories? And when I say that, um, something that's happened to you that you can't really rationalize with logic. I have a ghost named Eugene who lives with us. He um, first came into my life and I was in uh, my apartment many years ago and I was sleeping and my the way it was I had like a it was like a two-story apartment where the downstairs was like the living room and kitchen and then you went up these stairs and the bedroom was up, up by itself and I was sleeping and I had the door shut to my bedroom and I like woke up to the sound of like banging on my bedroom door and I like wasn't even scared I was just mad that, that something woke me up and so I just went over to the door and obviously nothing was there but then after that I had had like all these things that would happen like I was watching TV and it looked like someone was like doing this to the blinds like it was just like a finger it was like going up and down like my blinds and I just like watched it for a few minutes and then I like stopped but like hard blinds like it's just fucking weird and then my dog would like go to the corners and just start barking and like there's just all kinds of stuff that happened, and then when we moved to this a new place, I think he came with us because there's plenty of weird things that have happened, and I have a medium that I love that's in my life, and that we've both seen many times. She's a friend of ours, and and she's been through the house and cleared it of its, you know, ghosts. There's a time period where my big dog wouldn't leave my parents' bedroom. The house has like a there's like the living room and then the balcony and then their bedroom and he wouldn't like come out of the bedroom and walk down the hall like he would just freeze he was so scared 
And after my medium came and cleared the house, he like walked mm. fine. Like he didn't even bat an eye anymore. I love ghosts. I, I don't have so like okay. So I don't. I just want to preface this quick story with uh, I can't really kiss, say if it was a ghost or not. Because, sure. Yeah. Um, so, so I tried to preface it a little can better. You ever? Yeah. But I no, saw, I've never. I named Eugene, so you felt less scary to me yeah. when I was living alone. I was like, nothing named Eugene can be that frightening. So that was why he got his name. There was a moment, like, okay, so I used to work in, like, hospital settings a lot. Um, and an emergency room in New York. Mm. And there was a man who had come in, and he had been electrocuted, and he was, like, hanging on to life. And I was in the room that they were working on him because, you know, like, um, I guess part of my job was to like talk to the families, but his wife was in there and they were like pumping on this guy's chest, trying to like save his life. And, and there was like nurses and doctors everywhere and you could hear his heart monitor. They're like trying to keep him alive. And then the moment this guy died, this intense cold wave of air blew through the room, like through everyone, like you felt it hit you. And every one of us just looked at each other like, what the hell was that? At the very moment this guy died, we all felt that wave of, like, cold. It, it was like somebody just turning on the AC and it hits you and then it's gone. And I've never been able to explain it. And everybody who is in that room talks about that. And, I mean, I've seen many people die working in a hospital. But I don't know if it was because he was electrified, because he was electrocuted, or what. But whatever happened when that his energy made—I don't know—I have no explanation. But it was the most unusual, weird feeling that I've never been able to explain. And it just happened at the moment that they were like, you know, you heard the heart monitor, it stopped, his heart was done, and then boom, you just felt Mm. him. Your ghost story is cooler than mine. (laughs) I don't know if it's a ghost. I don't know what it was. It could just be some <laughs> weird transference of energy of something. But I felt something, and I was like, I don't know what the hell that was. I think anyone that, like... Like, so, a lot of people that don't think magic and things like spirits exist, I think the problem they have is that it's right in front of them. It's like... Um, what we're doing right now is magic. Like, I'm just making lip flaps, and it's, like, somehow meaning is getting through. And it's, like, it's very, very mundane, you know? And it's, like, um... So I think people think of it in terms... Some, um... Let's say, like, the layman, like, people on average think of it in terms of, like... Uh, like fantasy it's like things that cannot happen like shooting fire out of your hands or flying things like that um and it's like specifically in that realm mm-hmm. um where was it going with that um oh but I think like when you when you start to like the people that take it seriously and, like, you start studying those people, like, Aleister Crowley or Peter Carroll or, um, Phil Hines, uh, those people are very quick to tell you that we don't know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't, I have no idea, you know? And I think that's, 
we we don't we don't know. Yeah. And it's like we have some educated guesses about things, but if you think about it, like science is really the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's like we have some good guesses, and that's about it. Yep. Yeah. And that's why it changes. Yep. A lot. Yep. And yeah, it's like to put faith in science is a silly thing because it's like yeah. to follow the scientific method is to challenge your beliefs and it's like I think um, a lot of the confusion is is the English like mm-hmm. the language around it where it's like if I say something was real it, it kind of that colloquially would be like here like present like on this plane but it's like if i say it's imaginary that makes it sound like it's just in your head mm-hmm. and it's like the answer is neither it's neither here nor just in your head it's just in another spot and it's like uh i think some you know that is an understood definition of real like uh just tangible physical but um I think that can get confused. I guess uh, to really boil down what I'm saying, like we don't understand the imagination, and like what we don't understand what's real. Either. Yeah, like when you start getting into quantum mechanics and doing exercises like that, where you're going to close your eyes, and if your eyes are closed, does all of this really exist? Do you yeah, even know. And it, it it's because like from what I understand about like them getting into quantum entanglement and stuff, the more we understand, it's it's less and less looking that way. Mm-hmm. It's like really is mind over matter kind of thing. Your perception really is all that. It's yeah. There. Yep. It's everything. Um, it, like it, it raises a lot of serious questions about reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not necessarily sure that there isn't anything here, but I think we change it, we alter it mm-hmm. just by being around it. You know, and it's like. I don't know. How do you think, uh, not life necessarily, but like human life came to be? No freaking idea. Yeah, me, and me I either. Never think about it either. It just did. It just is. It's just here. Well, it's like I think about it in the sense of like, I mean, a human to me, from you know the things I bare barely know, but like you know, human life on this planet started at like a long from a long process of like evolution you know like we started as like you know small organic cells that eventually because of their environment changed how we got here exactly like we are right now talking and communicating you know there's theories of like did you know our ancestors eat a whole bunch of magic mushrooms that like created new synapses in their brains and then they started communicating more creating art stone ape theory are basically magic Maybe yeah. expression of some form of way. Yeah. yeah, but like how it all began, like what's beyond the beyond the beyond the edges of the universe? Are we in some type of like you know? Because you know, to like microscopic cells, we are God. their universe, their everything. You know, so like, are we literally just like a tiny speck of someone else's giant science experiment? Yeah, you know, like are there There's things, no the creatures we'll on the outside know. reaches of the universe who are literally like. You know, like, are we, like, a speck on the back of a dog somewhere, a universal mm. cosmic creature that we don't even know? You know what I mean? Are black holes, like, you know, like, when you look at cells, like, 
they look like mini universes where it's like you know we got like the nucleus is that the sun you know what i mean like yeah, it's like the 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 ways we could think about it are endless mm-hmm. so you know it I seems no to me idea, like it, it's because it's like you're saying like you split open a nucleus and look in there and it's like it looks like mm-hmm. a galaxy yeah and um that this to me it comes back to like like an ancient alchemical principle of like as above so below mm-hmm. and that that t- basically tells me if i can see something that tells me how everything works mm-hmm. i can gain knowledge about the universe by looking at literally anything yeah right it's like um so that that would make sense to me that we are something especially if you take magic mushrooms and then look at that thing <laughs> yeah yeah there's a this guy kalindi lee he um this um shaman guy mm-hmm. in africa and he takes psilocybin in the range of like 30 to 50 grams Jeez. which is like yeah it's all that's a lot of mushrooms. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, I think the most I've done, s- and that's a lot, is, like, somewhere between, like, 8 and 10. That's a mm. lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just had my first mushroom Really? Trip, okay, like, I'll come back to Kalindi Lee. Tell me about that. <laughs> you knew I was going to bring it up the second you <laughs> talked about magic. It was amazing. It changed nice. my life for in a lot of ways. Like, um, it was a very important night, I think, for me and my perception of things and releasing some things. It felt like a great reset. I was able to go in and heal and clear a lot of, like, yeah. energetic gunk that was, like, in me for a lot of reasons. Things I've been, like, working on in therapy for years that, like, have shifted slowly, but, like, that I was able to just go in and, like... Yep. It's amazing. Yeah, it'll... it'll it's it like can eating be... books. Yeah, it's like, like eating knowledge. Like I think your perception is like here, and then I like all of a that. sudden you're like, you just and it's not like stoner knowledge where you're just like, hey, what you know, what about this? And then you like, you know, you're not stoned, and you're like, oh, that was a really like dumb thought, but like <laughs> kind of funny. Like mushroom knowledge is not that way. Like yeah, it feels like you've ingested something that is smart. Like it's there's I, intelligence there. I think it's a type of technology, like organic mm-hmm. technology, and I don't. Uh, I think there's something in there, like, um, things like salvia and ayaboga have long, I mean, and and psilocybin too, like long standing history of like them saying like, no, there's a goddess inside Mm -hmm. that you interact with. When I had taken them, I thought that like, I felt like I could understand every book that's ever been read written about philosophy or spiritualism in any way like you just like like oh yeah like I've read that and I thought I understood Mm. that but now I like can feel that like I actually physically can see and feel what they're talking about yeah um Kalindi Lee takes these huge mushroom doses like filling up his stomach with mushrooms and looks at tapestries uh like um like labyrinth rugs you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Turkish rugs, things like mm-hmm. that. And there's... He talks about how when you're in that mind state, it's like a cipher to access the Akashic Record, mm-hmm. which is uh, like a library of 
all information, past, present, future. And he talks about how you can get there through just complex geometry and psychedelics. Which the the visuals that come are very geometric. Yeah. um, I remember there was one time when we were hugging and I was like, it feels like a cathedral is being made like in my brain. And I was like, I wonder if the architects that like built cathedrals in the early days were doing psychedelics because to me that was what a lot of the imagery looked like for me, Mm. the visuals. That's cool. I've had a lot of architecture on like um, DMT before, like living architecture mm-hmm. like buildings that are looking at you <laughs> seems to be a lot of that um like alex gray the guy who does all the tool artwork mm-hmm. um it's all very dmt influenced mm-hmm. and a lot of that's living architecture too yeah. so cool. he um he just finished him and his wife allison gray just finished the entheon you guys heard about this no. hey can hey phil can you pull it up for me i got you have my phone no uh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's called the Entheon, E-N-T-H-E-O-N, and it's basically, they started a religion Mm. called the Church of Sacred Mirrors. Yes, I know, yeah. I bought a couple of his prints back in the day. So they've finished this now, and um, they're letting people come do tours and stuff. Is this real? Yeah. I mean, that picture you showed me just now... that's that image is not real. Yeah. But they have finished that building now. Oh wow. How cool. Yeah. Um oh, wow. yeah. And there it's a religion, but that's for like um like tax and s- taxes and so they can do drugs. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> but like it's all about um that's very cool. They they have these things called sacred mirrors where basically they would show me like, or like if you went, they would show you like just a woman mm-hmm. and then they would show you like a more like androgynous person with like no skin, just like muscles and then like a skeleton and then just like light mm-hmm. and basically get you to identify with each of these things. And that's, that's a sacred mirror. That's basically. So cool. Yeah. And it's their artwork is all about, like, showing you the divine and your relationship to it, like, through pieces of art, which I think is a very noble thing to do with, with art. I think <laughs> art is definitely a connection to the divine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we were talking about earlier, I don't necessarily think that starts with us. Like, there are a lot of exa- examples of, like, uh, reasons I think aliens have interacted with Earth, whether that's like interdimensional or extraterrestrial. Um, I guess before I get in too far into that, what do you guys have any thoughts on that? Do you think aliens have ever been to Earth? Extraterrestrials, do you think ex- something from off our planet has ever come here and interacted with Earth? Or do you think they currently do? It's another one of those same kinds of answers for me. Like, I have no idea. And Probably, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's plenty of things that have been very unexplainable or, like, people that have had experiences that I've listened to that I'm like, hmm, sounds pretty legit, but there's just no way for me to personally yeah. know unless I had that experience. I think, and that's a lot of the, the questions I'm bombarding you guys with right now is stuff like no one on Earth has a good answer yeah. to. But I just like to get like, this I mean, different opinions about it. 
I think probably, yes. I think, and this is going to sound weird, but I think there's a higher chance that we've been in, in um, interacted with interdimensionally than there is mm-hmm. extraterrestrially because mm-hmm. the universe is yeah. so vast and massive that even if it was like thousands of years ago that we were visited by someone, like... The, we're such a tiny speck of a dot in the middle of this ocean of vastness that, like, even, like, back, like, a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, there was, like, no radio signals coming off, off of but the Earth. But their civilizations were massive and, like, so intelligent. Yeah, but to me, like, to find that tiny needle in a haystack mm-hmm. of human life growing, it's, like random but if there's like some type of interdimension beyond that like wall that we don't know like like they say like atoms make up everything right but like no atom is ever in the same place at the same time and sometimes they just vanish and nobody knows exactly where they go Mm. do they go to another dimension are they existing on another dimension that's like where quantum mechanics and all that crap get crazy but like to me like there's a chance but like i'm sure we've made contact though with something yeah. Whether they Who came knows? here or maybe they live in a ghost world and even if like, we don't know we have. Yeah. I mean think of even mm. meditating and, and doing things like that. Like you can reach heights where you know you're kinda of going to new places. Yeah. And through things like drugs. Arts like, and psychedelics. Yeah, it's arts, like it's like I mean even yeah, with art, like where are you drawing that from? Like that could be our, you know, way that we communicate yeah. with beings, like our ideas that come to us. Like there are plenty of instances where like you could have an idea for something and then you don't see it through maybe and then someone else, like you see that someone else did that exact same fucking idea that you maybe didn't see through. That happens to me all the time or things yeah. that like people have beat me to because I've dragged my feet on certain things. Mm-hmm. Like that idea, like for people to have the same ideas, like I think ideas have consciousness. Like even in like His Dark Materials, the show we watched, like there, you know, are those beings, they call them angels, but they're like, you know, interdimensional beings that you know are basically energy that are like coming and they speak to you and guide you whether you know that they're here or not yeah energy like you know i mean you can wake up one day and have a completely different energy than you had the day before or like you know things i think are tapping on you all the time that you can choose to pay attention to or not it also even pulls out the question like can you comprehend the uncomprehendable in the way that like for i don't know if this story is a hundred percent true i've heard it but they say that when um, the Spanish came to the New World and the Aztecs and you know all the indigenous peoples, they didn't have the ability to see their ships in the bay for a few days because their brains couldn't comprehend ships and things of that nature. So it took them a while for their brains to acclimate. And you think about it, like, we're all acclimated to things like cell phones, iPhones. But if you go back a thousand years and hand somebody an iPhone, will they even understand? Like, can their brains even process what it even is? Wow. Like, are we surrounded by stuff we just cannot understand? And they could be there all the time. We just don't notice them Mm. because our brains can't fathom. That's interesting. When you play with things like meditation and, like, those kinds of deep spiritual exploration type things, like, you start to gain that, like, extra level of awareness. And I think sensitivity to it. Like, I even think that's what mediums and people like that are, like, the ones that I think are actually doing it. Like, the one that I know. Like, to me, like, the, I mean, I've recommended her to 40 people who've had 
amazing experiences to skeptics like us and I think she is just extra tapped into whatever that like network is of energy mm. and has yeah. access to things like she does things that are unexplainable like I, dude look I'm a massive skeptic about so many things I understand cold readings I understand mentalists like who know these little tricks to get you to like almost like walk into things mm -hmm. this woman first time I ever talked to her I was like Derek you gotta talk yeah, like, I was playing video games, and the second I get this woman on FaceTime, she's like, were you just playing video games? And she starts describing the video game I was just playing with no way to know. And the guy, I, he was frustrated that he could Yeah, see. like, it was just like, and I'm like, she, and I'm like, I asked her, I was like, did, you know, like, because I never told her I played video games or anything, and it was so specific, and she's like, I can just see it in your head. She's like, I can't explain she how. She that to everyone that we know. Like, it's like, very specific. Does she do, like, consultations or readings for anybody? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Send me her I info. recommend I'd like, like to meet 40 her. people yeah. to her. And I'm always, like, waiting for that one person who's going to be like, she got it wrong. Or she's like, it's never happened. Every single time, it's like, she just knew everything that was going on in life so specifically. Like, she's, she's the real deal. She's the real deal. Yeah, I'd like to talk to her. Send me her info. She's amazing. Yeah. She's I cool. love her. My whole family sees her. That's awesome. And all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I mean, I didn't believe in that stuff before mm. I met her. And then, yeah, I mean, since then I've met some people that I'm like, I think they just have a greater sensitivity to that. I think artists are that way too. Like, there's artists and there's artists. Like, you know, you, mm. you, you can tell when from looking at a piece of art, I think, how in tune that is. That, how in tune that is yeah. on a deeper level for artistic expression I mean it's like, yeah. what you're going to hear on mainstream radio isn't probably going to give you the same feeling of something that is a little bit more I don't know and not to say it that because there's plenty of stuff that's like out there on mainstream that I think is oh there's an artistic. art to like making not, a pop yeah, hit exactly you know I'm not there's an art that, to that but I'm just yeah. saying, like I think when you digest a piece of art like you can kind of feel it's I felt this on, on the mushrooms um there were certain songs that would play or things I would look at that I would be like, this has like greater frequency, greater resonance. Like even listening to um, our playlist, like I loved listening to some of the Radiohead music. And then there was a one song I remember that played that I was just like, this is not his best work and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that's like, I could just feel that that song didn't mm. resonate the same as the others. Yeah. And we all do that. We all make art that's like, maybe not just give us something else that we made. It doesn't mean we shouldn't make it. But I think that sometimes, like, the art we make, it's like, you know, you feel those times when you're just really in the flow or when, like, ideas are just like, this came to you and you're seeing it through. And then the times where you're trying hard to, like, reach for it or grab it or force it. Yeah. And trying to make it happen like versus just, like, a natural frequency. flow. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean for sure. It's like there's there's two different things there's like this thing that we're like kind of hard to explain and then there's like this thing that's like designed for people and it's like there's 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 an art to that mm -hmm. like exactly. making the radio absolutely hit. like do you feel this though when you write poetry like sometimes for me like when i'm busier or less um having less time for myself or time to like work on my mind like I have a, I'll have a harder time accessing that flow state mm. and I have to I spend a lot of time on meditation and self-care and like getting myself in that right mind space to be able to receive things because I won't go force them and reach them and mm. so it, if I'm not making that time for myself they won't come as much 
Yeah, I, that makes sense. I um, I don't do as much like self care in terms of like. That could be anything for you, whatever your yeah. version of self care is. I'm just curious. I. Um, if there's times that are easier for you to access your poetry interviews well, was, that mirroring in your life habits well, I, was, I was gonna say I might benefit from like taking more time for myself to just think um, and like do maybe, I don't know just do things like for myself take time um, because I don't have that on command mm-hmm. it's very um, it usually comes to me when I'm doing something else like um, oh if I'm supposed to be working on something else that's a great time for inspiration that's like that s- stuff's flowing you know it's when your ideas are like no no pay attention yeah. to this and um, that's like that's pretty much all my poetry is a streamlined consciousness mm-hmm. thing um, and then like I'll, I'll have well I take that back I'll have an idea and then I'll like refine it basically but when I'm working on a book. I that's a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. That's me sitting down at a desk and making a conscious effort to write mm-hmm. something. Um, and I might have ideas spinning in my head, but like that's me like really organizing everything and putting it somewhere. Yeah. I guess. Um, so it, it depends what I'm doing. It's like a different process. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, <laughs> you were talking about the throne you built earlier. I don't know anything about woodwork, but I built a giant cross for an art project one time. Um, me and my partner at the time had decided we were going to make this project where she was naked on this cross. Mm-hmm. And we we took the, all the pictures at night, but like it was like a female Christ mm-hmm. kind of thing is what we were going for. And uh, But yeah, I built this giant eight-foot cross, a uh, funny story about that. Before I'd finished it, I had like dug a hole uh, for it, and the night before, I'd been trying to lucid dream. Um, Love works. Love lucid dreams. Yeah. Um, I used to be able to do it on airplanes, and that was about it. Oh, that's cool. I've only ever done it once, and it's because I was trying to. Um, I I got this book that was telling me. About how to practice mm-hmm. lucid dreaming. Is like it the keep... one with the blue cover? <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Cover. I can't remember. But um, it was like, you know, keeping a journal. Mm-hmm. Like, that way when you wake up the next morning, you write everything down. It, like, puts your mind in a conditioned state to, like, try and remember things mm-hmm. throughout the night. And then, um, like, picking a focus, something mm-hmm. to manifest in the dream. Um, and I chose a black cat as my focus. And I wasn't able to make it happen in the dream, but I did lucid dream. The next day, in reality, a black cat wandered up to our house mm-hmm. and came up to my girlfriend, and this stray cat came up to her and, like, let her pick it up and, like, brought it inside, and that's just our cat. But then, the, like, we went and got a bunch of stuff that night. Like, I spent a whole bunch of money on this cat. And then we went to work the next day, and we came back, and it's like, okay, something's wrong with this cat. Mm. It's clearly not okay. Um, and so we took it to the vet, and they're like, yeah, this cat's not doing good. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had to get it put down, but 
and when we brought it back, I already had a grave dug for this cat. I didn't know I was digging a grave at the time, but here I am needing to dig a grave, and I already have this hole dug. And so we put him in there and put this eight-foot cross on top of him. So this cat has, like, the best headstone oh my God. ever. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. It's just funny how things happen like that sometimes. Yeah. Like I was yeah. telling you earlier about, um, like, my album, I wrote a song about it being in a plane crash, and then I was in a plane crash. And that became the entire blueprint for my entire project was about that plane crash and the trauma healing that came after it and all the phases of trauma. That's the entire record. If you said that earlier, I missed it. You I were in a plane it. crash? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, um, in 2013, it was a Southwest flight pilot error, and she crashed the landing gear into the plane, and we slid 2,000 feet and caught on fire, and it was insane. And I had, a few months prior, written a song called Crash Landing, and then all of the news headlines were Crash Landing in LaGuardia. And that's why I say that, for me, like, a life has imitated art, sometimes not just art imitating life and I think art can be a manifestation tool whether that's a good thing or not that experience even though it was incredibly traumatic was like the one of my favorite experiences I've ever been through as much pain as it's caused me it, it forced me to become a way different person than I was before and gave me the platform for this entire album of self-discovery that's crazy I <laughs> that that we were just talking, me and Neef were just talking the other day about, like, like, one of us will write something and then, like, years later be reading that mm-hmm. and be like, I didn't know I did that. Yep. Like, I didn't realize that was, there was more to it than I even realized mm-hmm. when I made that. I love retroactively looking at the art that I've made years before and thinking from now my now perspective what I was going through at that time and because of the way that I make art is not always like from here it's not always like conscious like this is what I'm making it's more like this is what I am bringing in and feeling that usually I don't know what I've made until later and then I can look back and be like that was what it was about even if at the time I think okay this is what I'm making usually later I will have so many more insights about what I was making in hindsight I love that. Yeah. It it raises the questions again, like, what what even is that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Bones is um, out now, as this is up. Yes. Um, series. Yeah. Um, and then your album, it, La Petite Mort. La Petite Mort. Um, <laughs> is out sometime five, in March? Five, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> sometime... Okay. May oh May my bad Cinco de Mayo <laughs> that would be the fifth of May fifth Alice, of May translation <laughs> yes this album and all of its videos and all of its story uh it's been a really great time talking to you guys yeah man thank awesome. you so much for chatting with us thank you it's yeah pleasure. thank you for your awesome questions yeah, yeah. um anytime you guys want to come back to help you promote We'd something for sure Definitely. should do something around the album. Can Hell yeah! Give you those stories prior, so you can dive into okay. some of the craziness that it's Bet. about. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then March 23rd, um, you can catch them at the East Room. 
as well. That's going to be a really great show. Um, I, I I had it in my head and I just lost it. The what were the two acts they're playing with Mean you? Mean and Moonlight Drowns. Drowns. Yeah, Moonlight Drowns as well. I'm always gonna call them something else. I gotta. Chris is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> in the face for that. Yeah. And Athena. And Athena. And Athena. That was Athena it. has an X in her name, right? Yes. A T H X N A. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll know if you're not there, Alice, because I'm gonna be there. So, um, if you're not, I'll I'll beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.